the Irish Times business podcast in association with Irish Life. Supporting companies and their employees for 75 years. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Good day. Welcome to the Irish Times business podcast. I'm Arthur Beasley. This week, I'm joined by Laura Slattery, media columnist with the Irish Times, and Stephen Collins, political editor. We're discussing new media ownership rules to be unveiled this week by the government. Laura, what's it all about? Well, Arthur, I mean, these are the media merger guidelines that are part of a new regulatory regime for for media mergers. And we've been looking for a bit more detail on how this is going to work. And uh, we we, we hope that more detail will, will be forthcoming pretty soon. Um, the whole idea, uh, you know, springs from the fact that uh, previously there wasn't, uh, you know, in, in the legislation, uh, kind of recognition given to the idea that, um, you know, the media and media pluralism is just, uh, you know, a kind of uh, something that the government needs to to uphold. So a lot of the decisions that were taken were were, were, were tended to be on the grounds of, you know, competition from, from an economic point of view and maybe didn't, you know, look at, you know, what was the cultural implications um, of these deals. Um, so there was a long process. It began with an advisory group in 2008 and they made certain recommendations. And then we were waiting, you know, during a bit of a legislative legislative uh, backlog uh, for this to come out. Um, a lot of the framework was part of the Competition and Consumer Protection um, Act last year. But the actual nuts and bolts in the guidelines, you know, will, will hopefully be finalised this week. So the starting point here is that media assets are not like regular business assets, which can change hands uh, once business people decide that they're going to transact. No, I think to me it's long been recognised that there is an issue with media ownership, with the need for diversity in the media. As long ago, back in the 1990s, I remember when I worked for the Irish Press, when the Irish Press closed down. 20 uh, years ago 20 now years ago, There were questions about, about competition, about whether or not uh, the independent at that stage was getting too big a hold in the market. And indeed, Tony O'Reilly, then the dominant figure in the independent group, had started building up an interest in his main rival, the Irish Press Group, at that time. Well, what he did he also gave them loans he gave them money a line of credit but he had the first lien on the assets and effectively it meant that the independent uh, were able to block anybody buying the Irish press which meant ultimately that the Irish press closed now the reasons were complex we're not going to blame Tony O'Reilly for that but it was part of the whole process and when, the, when of course the Irish press initially was set up back in 1931 because of the perception by Fianna Fáil and people who supported Fianna Fáil that they were not there was not diversity in the media that they're not getting fair treatment from the Irish Times of the Irish Independent and they needed their own newspaper uh, to to get their views aired. So ultimately when the Irish press closed down it narrowed the newspaper uh, ownership uh, but in, in more recent years because of the proliferation uh, of radio stations television uh, and, and that now it's social media uh, it, the issue has become much much more relevant and it's not just uh, newspapers or radio or television it's the cross pollination across all those groups in other countries uh, some individuals have managed to control uh, a whole series of media organisations and get a dominant a really dominant foothold in the media uh, through that the same has happened here to some extent between uh, with Dennis O'Brien being the controlling uh, shareholder in independent news and media. Uh, he doesn't own 
own the company's 20, 29%, uh, but it's also Communicore. He has News Talk Today FM and News Talk supplies 20 local stations with their news service. So you have uh, one particular individual or company controlling a lot of the news output. And this, I think, in any democracy is something that uh, people need to be aware of. Now, the other point is we are a small country. We can't, we, the, the, the ground, the competition can sometimes go into contradiction, the need for competition with the need to have viable enterprises. Uh, and and that, that's a balance that has to be kept as well. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, one of the arguments that, you know, that, uh, you know, that a, a domestic media baron, for want of a better phrase, would make is that, you know, I'm protecting uh, this company. I'm, I'm keeping it Irish because if I wasn't here owning all of this stuff, then you know a, a company like like Sky or like any of the big American uh, media giants could come in. Um, we have the situation at the moment where um, Liberty Global, which is um, controlled by the U.S. billionaire John Malone, is rumored to be interested in in, in buying TV3. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing, but. But you know, if 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 the, if there, it could be interesting, if there was to be like an, an, an Irish bidder for, for for that company, you know, which which is better, which is worse, you know, it's 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 a complex uh, field. It is. So it's a very small market, Stephen. It's a very small market, and again, taking up Laura's point there, I worked for the Sunday Tribune. I seem to have worked in newspapers that closed down in the past, uh, but I worked for the Tribune uh, for a period of years. But ultimately, the Independent took a big stakehold in the Tribune. Uh, I think there, then at that stage, the government. Uh, of the day made the decision not to block it because it was keeping jobs and was keeping the paper going and that if, if the independent hadn't taken control it probably would have gone out of business so it is a very delicate balance between having guidelines that ensure that one individual or one company doesn't own too much at the same time and not preventing Irish people from owning, owning media organisations. Yeah. Laura Slattery what would these guidelines do? How will the situation change once the guidelines are implemented? Well I mean, we don't know for certain, but certainly, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's been said that if, if somebody was to make a move where they suddenly owned about 20% or more of, of, of a company that, that would, you know, that would trigger a, a sort of an analysis of their holdings. And if, if, if they were to buy something in a different part of the media sector um, that, you know, they might have to, to notify the minister and then the the uh, deal would become subject to an analysis perhaps by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland or, or another advisory panel. And this would be the Minister for Communications? Yeah, the Minister for Communications would be the one now who has the, the ultimate say and previously it was the Minister for Enterprise. And that's a change, um, you know, that's a significant change, I think, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a sensible change. Um, but, it, you know, it is obviously going to be a highly, uh, you know, political decision as well as a as, as well as one that's backed up by all kinds of figures and, and, and analyses of the market. And is it the case that following on receipt of advice from the Broadcasting Authority or another group, that the minister in such a case would then have discretion, bearing yeah. in mind that advice, as to whether the transaction would proceed or not? I mean, uh, you know, the minister does not always take the advice of the Broadcasting Authority. There's been examples of that in the past. Um, but I, and I understand they will have discretion to to ignore recommendations or, you know, I mean, you can approve a deal, you can reject a deal or you can allow the deal with particular conditions attached. So that's, you know, in a situation where um, somebody might have to sell off some one aspect of their media empire in order to to um, expand into another area. 
Um, but um, I mean, I think it's kind of, you know, we keep coming back to the uh, independent group. And I mean, that is where um, a lot of the attention has been paid in recent years because there was the change uh, effectively in the status of, of, of the, their biggest shareholder now, Dennis O'Brien. Um, you know, unlike the O'Reilly's, he, he owns two, two national radio stations. Um, so the inter- I suppose the, uh, the the empire of INM, the uh, the biggest newspaper group with news talk and today FM is 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 one that's naturally draws um, a lot of focus. It, it con- constitutes quite quite a powerful position in the Irish media landscape. Uh, Independent publishes the Sunday Independent, the Sunday World, the Irish Independent, the Herald, big shareholding in the Star as well as well as a line of uh, regional newspapers up and down the country. Yeah, well, one of the things I think the guidelines will hopefully address too will be whether or not within that uh, structure uh, there can be rationalisation. In other words, I think there have been suggestions that the me- that the newspapers, the radio stations, the local papers would all be merged into one kind of news organisation which would uh, come out on different platforms so it would be uh, and, and would all be run at centrally directed, if you like. I so think a the central guide- news operation. A central news operation which is covering a number of platforms, as they say nowadays. Or a but, hub, a news hub, hub, maybe. Uh, I think, so I think the guidelines are, we expect, I think, will address that. Uh, I think Dennis O'Brien has expressed frustration in the past that in other countries, in Canada, this can happen and nobody raises an eyebrow. Uh, but I think the guidelines will, I think, suggest that, the, that, that there should be separation between uh, be, between the, the, the newspapers uh, and the radio uh, and, and the other platforms. Now, of course, this is also coming into the political arena. It's, it's a very sensitive issue for politicians because uh, we've seen people who own big chunks of the media, we've seen the way it operates in the UK in the recent UK election. It was quite naked the way the vast bulk of the newspapers uh, were completely supporting the Conservative Party and, and demonising uh, the, 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 the other parties. Um, now, the, in Ireland, the tradition has been quite different and the, 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 the newspapers have generally, they've had their... The, their preferences that they've the independent famously in this payback time editorial in 1997 back Fianna Fáil uh, and there are still people who feel sore about that and feel sore about the way the, 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 that uh, the O'Reilly's uh, did that at the time for perceived other business interests um, but so the politicians taking on uh, the, this this issue is also uh, an issue they they tread very warily because they they don't want to antagonise uh, and it's not not widen it out it's not just the independent it's all the entire media politicians are very wary in the way they deal with RTE they can even maybe be wary the way they deal with the Irish Times because they don't want to provoke uh, or they feel that they can maybe uh, get a very bad press if they if if they come come the heavy so they they, they they're trying to walk this uh, this tightrope uh, between bringing in guidelines that will ensure that there is diversity in the media uh, and yet not annoying uh, certain individuals uh, who control a big chunk of that media. At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704 1845. Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014. 
And Stephen Collins, it is the case that these new rules, these new measures, have been in gestation for years at this point, yes. many years. They've been in gestation, I think. And Laura they predate said the current government. They do. They predate the current government. They go back to I think 2008. Laura said mm. earlier on. So they have taken a very long time, far too long. It's one of the problems in, 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 the, in the Irish administrative system. Everything seems to take an age. Uh, and while these uh, these guidelines are in gestation. Of course, there have been big changes in, in, media, in media ownership. The world has changed and there has been consolidation in, in the media. So it, it, is, it's about, it is about time the guidelines were produced. Yeah, mean, there's, no one, there's no one here from the government to, 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 to defend its position, but people might say that, look, at you know, the Irish state uh, found itself in the grip of a, a very profound existential crisis. All attention was on the, econ- on the economic crash and efforts to turn the situation around. But, Laura Slattery, the situation has changed fundamentally from the time that these new rules were in uh, in the origin, if you like. Um, absolutely. As, as you mentioned, uh, Dennis O'Brien, he increased his shareholding of INM from 22 to 29.9% and there was uh, wholesale management changes um, at INM. Um, we should probably note that the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland in 2012 um, said that O'Brien did not control um, INM in their view. Um, and they said on that basis they wouldn't be looking into that in, into that particular uh, uh, deal that he did. Well, I suppose not really a deal, but share purchases, uh, share purchases and uh, changes in, in the board. Um, so they declined to look at it. And, and uh, last year as well, we had in between the uh, the the bill being published and it being coming into effect, uh, news talk. Um, it agreed to supply uh, syndicated news to the UTV group of radio stations, which kind of furthered its its influence. Uh, and according to the National Union of Journalists, uh, you know, had the impact of, of, of reducing uh, diversity in the media. Um, so, and it's, but it's hard to know even if, if that kind of a deal, it's more like a side partnership. It's not a big merger and acquisition. You know, there's, there's all these little small commercial partnerships, content alliances and, and you know, management consolidation, as we've discussed. Um, there's all these little things that can happen that somebody can extend their power or their influence over, this, over, the, over the media. That I, 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 I don't know whether they would trigger um, this notification process and this, this ministerial review. We or have to wait and see. What, or, or indeed what the outwork of such a notification would be because views can yeah. vary. And as you've stated, the Broadcasting Authority had no problem at all when the uh, Dennis O'Brien shareholding in, in Independent went above 20%. There's a real issue here. How do you define the market? You know, because, you know, what what is the media market? Um, because the other change since 2008 as well is, of course, the rise of, of a lot of digital media. Um, and, in, and in some ways that has actually served to fragment the market. So, you know, if 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 INM was to add on some digital companies to to its group, which it may well be interested in doing, People will say, oh, well, that's, you know, one person that their largest shareholder extending his influence um, further. Um, But they could they can point to quite a long tail, I suppose, of of digital media and say, well, if you look at this overall market, you know, we don't we don't dominate it. You know, they they can make arguments along those lines. You know, audiences are are fragmenting and uh, and they're going everywhere. So. 
Stephen Collins, I mean, it is the case back in the day that uh, you had to buy a printing press if you wanted to start a newspaper or you had to get a very expensive uh, printing contract. Uh, that's no longer the case. Anyone, it seems, can set up uh, their own media via the internet. So the world has changed. But the net point in all of these dis- uh, changes under discussion and these new guidelines due now from the government is that there will be no retrospective application. No, there won't be retrospective application. Now, I think retrospective application is never a good idea, really, in law, uh, because uh, I think it's one of the protections for citizens is laws cannot apply retrospectively. It's fiendishly difficult. It's fiendishly difficult because uh, governments could do all sorts of things. We don't know who's going to be in government uh, after the next election, and if they were able to retrospectively apply laws to things they didn't like, uh, it would be very dangerous. So I I think the retrospection, no, is not going to apply uh, to media ownership. I think it would be very difficult, probably even unconstitutional, to try and do it. So I think it's once the guidelines are out, it's it's from here on in, it's how things happen in the future uh, will be covered by these and and how they're interpreted and I think as Laura was saying it's not it's not going to be a, a simple matter of interpretation it's, it's, it's not, sorry it's not going to be a simple matter of application it's going to take a lot of interpretation I would say uh, and in, in the way that the media world evolves and again with the with the whole digital media as well it's another adds even further further complexity to the situation has the government been ad idem in respect of this plan. I don't detect any huge rows in government. There was a, uh, initially a battle between Richard Bruton, the Minister for Enterprise, and Pat Rabbit when he was Minister for Communication over who would control, uh, whether Enterprise would continue to control the, this whole area. In fact, it's now gone to communication, uh, and I think people are re- relatively happy with that. Boris Slattery, do you foresee any practical difficulties over and above what you've already said when it comes to the application of these new rules? Um, I foresee legal challenges. I mean, I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be on the uh, the panels deciding, upon, you know, on these reviews if, if they are initiated, because I think there's going to be a lot of technical work. Um, they're, you know, relying on information given to them by the, you know, the entity or entities that are proposing to merge. Um, the, you know, seen from some recent analyses of, of just the, the the broadcasting advertising market in Ireland that uh, reliable data on on market share is it can be you know it, it's 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 certainly complex so put it that way and you know different there's different interpretations to different figures um, so I wouldn't want to be the person you know putting together those reports and those recommendations um, I think inevitably they will be challenged. Um, so is it the case then that even after all of this political debate and discussion and delay that ultimately you get a new set of a brand new gleaming set of new rules which uh, upon which the ultimate ar- arbiter will in fact not be the government or the minister but the courts? Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just I just think that, that, that it will probably head that way, you know, un, unless unless unless, you know, Ministries take a pragmatic view, perhaps, and, and, and deals are done. Conditions are attached to particular deals. Um, it's 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 going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be a case by case basis. It'll it'll be a spotlight on the first one that goes through this process because it'll be new for everybody involved. I mean, um, you remember that the Broadcasting Authority has never really decided upon things um, or, or analysed deals that involve other parts of the media as well. And, and if you're a newspaper company, you might not be comfortable with that idea either. 
Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I probably should we should, probably shouldn't be defeatist about it because obviously it is good that um, you know the the sort of the recognition is given to the idea that media pluralism is a healthy, desirable thing, and that, you know at least there should be some mechanisms in place to stop undue concentration in in the market. Um, but I suppose you just have to wait and see practically whether or not this is effective. Well, it is the case we're not talking about biscuit factories. There's no doubt about that. And it also would be wrong to assume that uh, a media landscape is ever set in stone because this is something particularly in the in the modern era with all of these changes coming with the with the internet that which is constantly evolving and indeed the pace of change is really quite, quite rapid, Stephen Collins. Yes, well, the pace of change in the media has been very rapid, particularly over the last 15, 20 years. And so we can only assume that the, that the change will be possibly even more rapid in, in the coming years. So I think the best that government can do is produce the guidelines, see how they work, and uh, undoubtedly I think they'll probably have to be modified in the years ahead. Very good. Stephen Collins, thank you very much. And Laura Slattery, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Irish Times Business Podcast. Thank you indeed. My name is Arthur Beasley.